two. Welcome to the Legion of Myth live stream. I am your first host, Alex Garthon Marsh. With me, as always, is Brett. He the dog, Christopher. Hello, everyone. Hope you find you well. This wonderful, wonderful evening or morning, depending on where you are. Or when you're choosing to uh, partake of this audiovisual experience. That's right. I forget. You know, we're not just live. We're also in Memorex on YouTube. So That's right. We are living in an on-demand world, my friend. That's right. Anything you need on demand, groceries, companionship, cars. You can get cars brought to your house That's now. That's nice, isn't it? That is nice. Yeah, of course, it'll be nice once they actually were allowed to get rid of the hard dealership system where I could buy a car like on Amazon or something. But hey, you know, whatever. No, can't have that. Can't have that. No. No. Yeah. So how's your week been there, heathen dog? It's been okay. It's been okay. I had a, I had a good week. Uh, I got I got some uh, got some RNG stuff for for Darkest Dungeon and a and a uh, series on uh, on Hulu that I was that I was watching for like no good reason. <laughs> I'm gonna talk about that. Like I, after three episodes, I was like, why am I doing this? And I'm like, no 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 no. Th- this this is good. This is good. You have to finish this. Were you just invested or was it actually good? No, it's crap. It was utter crap. I'm gonna go into that. All right, but good. I, I look forward I, to that. I believe we're going to be talking about a lot of excrement on this podcast today. <laughs> I, I in uh, during Max's stream today, I, I kind of hinted that uh, the Secret Empire number seven might might make an appearance, and and the, the wonderful. Okay, that was that. Was, I can't even. I can't do this joke. The awful artist for number two came back and decided to crap all of her eyeballs again. Oh yeah, it was just it's beautiful, and we'll we'll talk about that later. Yep, yep. But that's a little preview. <laughs> Because uh, we're going to have Call of Cthulhu, Exploitation Horror from Heathen Dogs, Heathen Dogma, and at Garthon's comic poll, Secret Empire, worse than ever! All right. That's what I love to hear. <laughs> <laughs> right when you think they can't make it worse, they say, proverbially, hold my beer, and off they go. <laughs> Thank you, Marvel. Thank you for lowering expect- for defeating lowered expectations. Yes. How'd you trip over that bar? I don't know, but it happened. Uh, they've, they've buried it and they just keep going underground for it. I don't know how. <laughs> All right. And then RNG, which will not involve Secret Empire. Mm. But first, Hopefully a disclaimer, because we might be lying about that last part. The opinions expressed in this episode are solely the opinions of the individual commentator and are not representative of the entire Legion of Myth organization. While we make an effort to provide a family-friendly atmosphere... We very mean occasionally use a foul or even offensive language. Thank you for your understanding and continued viewership. Had to give a Frankie a hug because we care. I did. I did. Yes. Frankies, uh, of course, deserve to die in a fire, but okay. You don't like that? No. <laughs> well, this Aww. was actually a, a gift from my my wife. It was a... Uh, I think you had gone, but what we would get for land parties... One of the games we played for a while was Birth of the Federation. Sure. And 
Max Liel immediately chose uh, Romulans. Sure. So I was like, well, I can't play them. Um, the other two players, one immediately chose Klingon and one immediately chose Federation. And that left Ferengi for me. Oh, you could have done Andorians. No, not, Birth, not the original Birth of Federation. Oh, really? The only other option was Ferengi. They were around at the Birth of Federation. They were one of the charter members. Of, okay, whatever. Well, they were they were a minor race. Just Federation wasn't just humans; it was all Federation. Oh, and okay, so gotcha, gotcha. That left me with Ferengi, and I didn't put up too much of a fight. And I really enjoyed. I started enjoying like their sneaky, underhanded abilities to like force them to have trade routes with me, even if we were at war. You know, I was like, "I'm what? <laughs> You're profiting off my provinces. Uh, war is good for business." You know. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. All right. So if you want some of this, you can also go and like, subscribe, and comment about it uh, on Twitch, on YouTube, on Reddit, on the Facebook, at Twitter, on Discord, and through Messenger, which I have learned is Facebook Messenger. I thought it was like some weird Messenger drift I never touched, but I actually use Facebook Messenger. So if you put a message there, I'll respond to it. Sure. Maybe even kindly. Also, the audio version of this is available on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Google Play Music. It's a lot of availability, my friends. It is. It is. It's everywhere. And as always, you can support us, if you wish, by just listening and telling your friends. Having a good time. Uh, you can find us on Twitch. Uh, you can subscribe to us through Patreon. We always appreciate that. Uh, Streamlabs donations, which a lot of people like to participate of during our live streams of usually playthroughs, directly uh-huh. through PayPal, or you can get our gear at yes. shop.spreadshirt.com slash legionofmyth. Yes, and I, I would have worn my shirt again today, but once I knew that Secret Empire was coming out, I had to wear my Avengers, <laughs> my Avengers shirt. Very nice, very nice. <laughs> I'm not wearing an affiliated shirt of such. You don't want to know what I'm wearing. So. I understand. So. It's like the Mustang symbol. All right, but now, both a pony. So. But now. Onward. To something more exciting, we are going to go through Heathen Dog's Heathen Dogma, where he's going to tell you about the Call of Cthulhu explanation of ancient horror based on Chaosium 5th edition rules. That's that's right. And I can still do numbers because according to Chaosium's website, 5th edition, 6th edition, and currently the 7th edition are all compatible. So they're all very them. thick books. Yes, they are. They're huge. If you need to and do some damage all... to someone, that's a good book to do. <laughs> it's true. There's no doubt. But today we are going to talk about insanity. Now, insanity is the bread and butter of the system. Nothing nothing about this is scary until until you throw in insanity. And then it all becomes petrifying. Much like uh, early 80s Metallica songs. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely right. Now, here's the basics of crazy. Okay, first you have your your low tier insanity, that shock to your system that, that uh, kind of uh, moved, you, moved your head out of the right space for a little while. That's the temporary insanity. That can last as little as one round or as long as 10 days. All right, that, this is your lowest level insanity. This is, uh, you, you took a hit, but in a little while you're gonna pick yourself up, rub some dirt on it, you're gonna get back in the game, you're gonna be okay. And then there's your mid tier insanity, there's your indefinite insanity. This one, you took a lot of hits in a row, man. You know, the, and over the span of, say, an hour, you took you took several hits to, to, your, to your sanity, and then you got something pretty bad. You know, That's I'll, I'll, I'll go... Six months. Yes. I mean, I'm going to go over uh, examples of, of some of the uh, temp- indefinite insanities, and they can also be temporary insanities, but uh, some of the indefinite insanities that you can get, and they are no joke. All right? 
All right. This stuff is you. You are going to need to see a head shrinker. All right. Head shrinkers are your friend. And then you come to the high tier insanity. Your Does it have to be insanity. like a licensed psychologist, or could it be like a faith healer? You know, sit in a sweat see, lodge. Now, it it doesn't it doesn't state they have to have a degree. They just have to have the psychoanalysis skill. Oh, okay. You know, so as as long as long as your your uh, bartender your method. Yeah. Well, bar bartender probably wouldn't have be trained in classical psychoanalysis. Hey, you so, never know. You know but you know, so, someone who is not technically certified with the uh, with the uh, American Health Organization, but has had some training, some actual training in, in in psychoanalysis, can help you. I don't know if you're playing a modern era game, your barista might have that degree. You're absolutely right. That could that could be a thing, and you don't you don't know until until you try it. But I I I tip him. That's you what know, tipping for, yeah. I'd go over ten percent for that. Sure. And then there's your permanent insanity. This one is when your sanity reaches zero and you're done. You just give up your character. That's it. It's like you are permanently insane. You hit zero, there's no coming back from that. Now, there some 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 keepers and investigators are like, no, 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 you can come back from that. It's just really hard. Yeah, but you're not gonna play that character for years while he's healing in the in the loony bin. All right, just make a new character and get over that old guy. He's done. Well, you could also yeah, you know, the game master could always say Five years later, then like progress the storyline. You could do that. You could also, also the the uh, keeper could grab your character sheet, copy it, give it back to you, and now your old character comes back as a villain later on because he has gone uh, absolutely insane. And now instead of fighting the mythos forces, he has joined forces with the mythos forces, thinking, "Oh, we well, can't beat him. Might as well do that so that happens a lot too or you just say oh your character is fine and then all of a sudden tell them the purple things are after you again you know yeah, yeah. so th th those are your three different flavors and levels of insanity and i'm going to start off with the lightest flavor which is temporary temporary insanity now if you lose five or more insanity in one roll you go temporarily insane you That's make an idea max of 100 right uh, actually 99 you, you cannot be 100 percent right. insane. Yes, you cannot be 100% insane. No one is. So you, you go you go temporarily insane when you lose five or more in a single roll. All right? Now, for a normal person, that's a good 10% of their sanity you lost in one roll. And so that makes sense. You know, for higher level guys, you know, like, oh, for guys who have 80 or 85 sanity, it may not seem like a lot, but it's a giant jolt to the system all at one time. You make an idea roll. Now, the idea roll is important. The, the idea roll is if you truly understand what just happened to you. If you don't understand what just happened to you, you're going to lose less sanity, so so, uh, so so losing five or more is going to be harder. But if you truly understand, yes, that was a vampire that just bit the head off of, of my girlfriend, you're, you're going to lose the maximum, the maximum amount, amount of sanity that is possible, and you're, you're probably going to go temporarily insane. Now, uh, the effect is up to you and the keeper. Uh, the, it's, it's the keeper's call, but you can contribute. Let's say for, for that last example, uh, you, you see your girlfriend's head get bit off by a vampire. You lose it and you run screaming from there, which seems like an actual, so. it seems like a sane response. But afterward, uh, let's say uh, you, there, there is a table for how long the insanity lasts. And let's say it lasts for three days. All right. For, for three days, you have a temporary insanity and you and the keeper get together and you, you decide that, um, you are you are afraid of women. Fair enough. 
Okay, now the reason you're afraid of women, like you're thinking, what? But he saw his girlfriend get ripped up, ripped apart. Yes, he's afraid that every girl that he sees is going to be ripped apart right in front of him. That that's what he's afraid of. That's what he's really afraid of. But but he stays away from all women because of it. Which makes it could sense. be something like that. Yes, it could be something like that. You and you and the keeper get get to collaborate. He may have the last call, but you can give all the input you want to to try and make it fit your character or fit into the situation that caused you to get this temporarily insane condition. Now, after the temporarily insane condition, of course, we have the indefinite insanity condition. This is when, over the course of one hour in game, okay, you lose twenty percent or more of your sanity. Yeah. This is your t- yes. You're taking big hits over and over again, and your brain just breaks. It just shatters. Now, all of these things are character changing. They 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 will change the way you role play your character for an extended period of time. Uh, the, the, the the game has a random roll mechanism where you can roll one of 10 serious disorders or you as the keeper and or the investigator can come up with with a disorder that more fits in how your character looks the world or, or what actually happened to you. This is all this is all all debatable. All, all can be done. But for for uh, sake of ease, there is a role. There is a table that, that, that will give you these indefinite sanities. And like I said, at the end of it, I'm going to go over some of them to give you an example of what's in the book. You now, said calling Nurse Ratchet. Yes, yes, I did. Because uh, this is this is this is the level of insanity where you will probably need to be committed. You will probably need some downtime, some me time to work <laughs> on the old noggin. And it, and this this me time is not going to be all alone in a sweat lodge. It's going to be with professional help and lots of drugs. Do you know what other role Nurse Ratchet played? What was that? Kai Win. That's true. Nine. She yes, yes, the the evil Kai wannabe. Yes, yeah. she's good at playing evil, isn't she? Mm-hmm. Very. Yep. She was really hot when she was young, though. If you look at like younger movies she was in, she was really cute. Yeah. Well, the same thing can be said for Judy Dench. Right? That's true. That's true. Yeah. But yeah, she was just she's a great. Anyway, sorry, I saw the nurse yeah, anyway, thing yes. in Breeze yeah, Star understand. Trek I earlier. Now, uh, even even after the one the one to six months with with uh, indefinite sanity, how long it lasts? Even after that, you're still gonna have a little bit of it hanging around. That's why it's forever changing. Let's say you got uh, you got agoraphobia as your uh, as as your fear as as your, uh, uh, your then you're your afraid disorder. of sweaters. Yeah, no, not afraid of sweaters. You're afraid of you're afraid of open spaces. Yeah, that's right, open spaces. Open spaces. Now, every time you go into a huge room or out or outside from inside, you have to take a breath. You close your eyes, you take a breath, and then you go. You're over it. You, you've been treated, and you're over it, and you're good, but some of it will always remain. You're always going to be uh, a little little wary, a little nervous. Yes, you are going to be a little nervous. Like uh, if, if you're afraid of heights, that, that, that was your insanity, uh, uh, debilitating fear of heights. You get over it. You, you get therapy, and, and you successfully lose it. When going on a bridge, you're always going to use both hands. You know, You're always going to hang on to the guardrail all the time. Because you know you know it's not going to collapse. You know you're probably going to be fine, but that that unconscious fear is still there. All right. Now, after that, we, we go on to permanent insanity. And like like I said, there's not much to go on. You know, you've got zero sanity now. Just give it up. Where you can be the lizard king. <laughs> Crazy does this lizards do because you're nuts. You're gone. You're gone. You, you can't. You most of the time you can't form a complete sentence. Now, uh, you can be fixed, but you have that guy's gone for game years. All right, that guy's gone for game years. Most likely, the uh, the keeper will use him as an NPC. Most likely, as a bad guy to come and haunt you, your new character and the group later on. That's what mostly is going to happen, and I like doing that. Kind of like in the uh, the Bram Stoker's Dracula movie, how the first guy who went to go 
work as a realtor for Dracula into beating bugs type thing. Yep. 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 Yeah. He, he was locked up and he, he ate bugs because he thought it would help make him immortal because, you know, he, he was eating he, life. He the life. Yeah. Yes. He's eating the life just like Dracula. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. And that's where yeah. you're so, at. Yeah, they yeah, come, to, they could come yeah. to you and try and get advice, but it's talking to be helpful. Right. This is where you're at. You're at zero sanity. You're, you're cuckoo bananas. There's no help for you. Just done. You're done. Right. Now, here are, here are our sample disorders. All right. The first one is catatonia or stupefaction. This one is pretty straightforward. Uh, you you got rocked. You got rocked several times in a By game a hour. By a cat. No. No. And and uh, your your brain shattered and it just shut down. You are now just in the corner, rocking back and forth, drooling, uh, unresponsive to to out, outward stimuli. Your brain has shut off because it's done. It, it's on vacation. Right. Your brain took the escape hatch. Yeah. Yeah. The escape hatch and I'm out. And your brain no longer cares if your body's alive or not. It just wants to stop all this nonsense. So that, that, that's, that's basically, it's, it's the least role playing, obviously, of all of the 10 disorders, because you don't have to do anything. You just literally do nothing is properly role playing this. But uh, it's, I, I don't use it on, on player characters, on investigators. I use it on NPCs. Yeah, it's more useful there. Yes, because it turned now. Now it adds gives the added wrinkle. Now it's an escort mission, because you have to you, you have to get uh, uh, Judy the cheerleader out out of the out of the out of the zombie horde, and Judy suddenly goes stupefied. Crap! Now you got to pick her up and drag her out, while getting while keeping the the horde of undead off of you. It makes it a lot harder, and it, it, all the all the players all get all pissed off, and I like it. Now the next one. Uh, is a phobia and or fetish. Now, the, the, this is this one's pretty easy. Uh, let, let's say you see a, a, a bike, I think I believe it's called. It's a giant mutant death bird, right? And you see this thing, and you lose. The, the, this this was the last straw. You lost the, with with the with the roll in this. You lost your twenty percent of your sanity in an hour, and you snap, and you get a phobia of all birds. Makes sense. It's like you grew you you constantly watched Hitchcock's birds like eighteen times in a row without sleep. Well, you and can't now really you're trust birds anyway. Yeah, exactly. Right. Or a fetish. Or you could go the other way. You could have you could now have a bird fetish. You know, whenever you see a bird, you want to touch it. You want to. You're always wearing feathers or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You you, you want to pluck its feather and sniff it and stuff like that. You're like, well, then why would you get a fetish of a bird you're afraid of? Because you want to make it your friend. You want to know more about it. You want to experience it. Exactly. Then, then, then it, then it won't hate you and try to eat you. See, stuff like that. The, the third one I want to talk about is multiple personalities. This one's great, especially if you have a useless character. It can accidentally turn a useless character into a useful character. Oh, uh, why would example, you want to do that? No, my, my, my example. Let, let's say you, you got the, the fuzzy end of that particular uh, investigator lollipop, and you drew the cheerleader. And as Gartha knows, cheerleaders in Call of Cthulhu games are mostly useless. Yes, they are. Yes. They, they, they mostly cause problems, don't solve anything, and get everyone else killed. And they're even not even very good at cheering on the heroes. They don't no, really provide not. any bonuses. They're not. They're not good at that at all. But let's say that cheerleader uh, goes temporarily insane. And instead, instead of something useless, she gets something useful, like a multiple personality. Now... Uh, the the personality that comes out when when she's afraid for her life is Rick. Rick is is a is a southern um, gun toting uh, other race hating 
son of a bee you from. You had to put that in. No, no, he is a complete stereotype. Completely awful. He's a complete in every redneck situation. stereotype. He's a complete stereotype, awful in every situation except killing folk. That's the only time he's good. Now you're going to make Rick come out at times when it's bad. Like, like you're, you're trying to talk your way in, into a situation or, or you're trying to explain so something to authorities. Rick's going to come out be, because the cheerleader is going to get flustered. When the cheerleader gets flustered, Rick comes out. In a combat, Rick coming out is a good thing. This cheerleader can get stuff done because Rick has his own set of skills. That makes and sense. being who he is, shotgun is one of them. Kicking folk is one of them. Sometimes folk need kicking. Exactly. So that's going to be useful. So it's an easy way to turn a useless person into a useful person using role-playing and insanity. I love it. Yeah, sounds good. Love doing it. Now, uh, we're going to give you an example. Uh, this is a, this is an example of how, how, uh, how an insanity can progress in a player character. Now, Barbara and her brother are visiting their, their father's grave. Their father died a year ago today. And her and her brother are, are visiting the grave to, to pay their respects, which is fine. Happens all the time. Now, this is in, uh, say, South Carolina, and this is an out-of-the-way, uh, older older cemetery. Not a lot of stuff around it. It's, it's surrounded on three sides by forest and a road on the fourth. All right. All right. That's basically it. And as, as, they're, as they're at the grave, they're, they're talking. You know, she, she, She's talking to their father. The brother's, like, listening, going, this was kind of weird, but I got to do it because she'll get all mad at me. Uh, Barbara notices a guy just kind of stumbling toward them all right so uh barbara says hey uh and it doesn't matter what the brother's name is i just called him stan stan uh, that guy he's acting weird and stan's like hey let let me take care of this and uh, stan walks over the guy hey buddy you okay and this guy grabs stan and bites him in the neck barbara freaks out she rolls her idea which i'm gonna roll right now well that's what he gets for his constant taunting her if they're coming to get you barbara Exactly, and, and and anyone who knows who knows the this this particular scenario, what what movie it is, go ahead and, and uh, say so in the chat or in the comments. Now, uh, she she rolls her sanity. I'm going to give Barbara fifty percent in pretty much everything. So, uh, so she has she has she has a fifty percent idea roll, fifty percent. Uh, she has fifty sanity, fifty percent idea roll. So let's see if she really understands what's going on. Forty-five. She understands what's going. on. This is what Barbara sees. Barbara saw a zombie bite into her brother's neck because the the moment where where his face uh went over her brother's neck and bit in she saw that he had no eye in the left socket and and the right socket was all white and he has a hole in his head like a bullet it's like green ickers coming out all right so she understands what she is seeing and she loses it she loses that means she she now has to roll to lose the full amount of sanity that you would lose when looking at a um, a zombie, which is a D8. So she rolls a D8. She loses the maximum amount of sanity. Congratulations. She, she loses eight sanity. Now, she has lost over five, which means she goes temporarily insane. Okay, so she runs. She's running away. And uh, if you if you look at the chart, there is a, there is a roll to see how long it lasts. I'm just going to use the roll. Because I don't, I don't feel like uh, actually tailoring, tailoring it for this one. So I roll a d10, and it lasts four d10 plus ten combat rounds. So she starts running, she starts running, and I'm going to say her her temporary insanity is that she is uh, she is afraid of all men. 
for the next 4d10 plus 10 rounds. She's afraid of all max. That means even if her brother survived, which, you know, he's done. Even if, if even if she survived, she would also run from him. So she would run from any man. Right they're all zombies. Right. She gets to the car. She tries to open the car. And that's when she realizes her brother drove and he's got the keys. She can't go back to her brother because she because she doesn't want to put herself in that situation. So she turns, she turns away from the car and starts running away from her brother, away from the, the zombie, away from everything. And as she runs away down the road, she sees a horde of zombies slowly coming out of the forest on either side of the road, heading toward her. Well, she already failed her first idea roll, so she knows these are zombies. So now she has to roll again. Now, she got the maximum amount of sanity loss for a zombie, which means she cannot lose any more sanity for seeing zombies ever again. Oh, that's nice. That's good for her. The only problem is seeing multiple zombies at once and now now being the situation where you think you're going to die is sanity loss in itself. But it's only it's only a D6. So she could be okay. She's not okay. <laughs> she is not okay. She lost six. That means in a, for in, in a total of, of less than one game hour, she has lost 14 sanity. She only had 50 to begin with. That means her 20% is what? 10. She lost over 20% of her total sanity, which means she has gone indefinitely insane. Does that mean, since she just rolled for her fear of death, does that mean that in the future, if she gets over it, she won't have a fear of death? No, now, now she and the keeper get to decide on what temp, uh, what indefinite insanity she has. And you, the, the, the three that I, that I explained, there are more. Uh, for example, do, 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 where are you temporary insanity? Here we go. Uh, there's paranoia, schizophrenia, criminal psychosis, megalomania, amnesia, uh, obsession, addiction, and tremors. You got lots to choose from, and uh, uh, the the investigator playing Barbara and the keeper get to decide now on her indefinite insanity and how and how that's going to affect her and how she's going to roleplay that. So that that that's how that's how the whole sanity thing moves forward. I mean, she really badly rolled on all this. I mean, I I didn't I didn't lie about any of these rolls. All right, it was she an unfortunate time for her. Yes, it was a it was she, she apparently she was already psychologically uh, hurt by visiting her her dead father. So she was her brain was just not not ready to handle uh, knowing that zombies happened. And, and a horde of them was coming for them and her brother. And a horde of them what was coming for yes. Now, uh, now she has she's been affected maximum. Uh, the maximum amount by zombies and by hordes of zombies giving her impending death, which, which means from now on until for the rest of her life, seeing even a horde of zombies barreling down on her will not give her pause. So her she can actually turn into a zombie hunter. Yes, she could turn. Yeah, in theory, she could turn into a zombie hunter if she lives through this little experience. But uh, she's already afraid of all men for the next at least hour around that, and uh, and she has a temporary, uh, an indefinite insanity that is. Uh, uh, unconfirmed of what it is at this point, most likely not going to be useful. So, uh, you know, if she lives through this, it's going to be a miracle. But if she does, if that miracle happens, she's the Sarah she, Connor of zombies. Yeah, she she's going to be the the, the grizzled Sarah Connor in uh, Terminator Two. So that's fun. A zombie, you're afraid of a zombie. A zombies when they eat your brother's neck in front of you. This is nothing, kid. <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. Where are my painkillers? I, I my knees still hurt. I need it. Now, uh, the, the the one insanity I would never give 
because it just upsets people to the point where they don't want to play anymore. And uh, it is called uh, pansaism, and it actually means that. Uh, you think you're a panda? No, no, oh. P A N Z A N M I I S M. It actually means that uh, and when you see something supernatural, your brain immediately turns it into something mundane. You see something fantastic and your brain does know that didn't happen like that. It's actually just a guy in a suit. Like you, you, you could be, uh, okay. you, you could be face to face with the gill man from creature from the black lagoon. And your brain will only let you see a guy in a wetsuit. Now, to be fair, it's a guy in a wetsuit trying to kill you, but right. you only see, and you only, you only explain to the people, dude, this guy in a wetsuit is really upsetting me. And everyone else is like screaming bloody murder because fish man's trying to eat people. And you're like, dude, it's a guy in a wetsuit. Just hit him with a hammer or something. You ever see be... the old film Eric the Red? Eric the Red with uh... – Part of the Monty Python group was in it. Yeah. You know, uh, it was also uh, the, the, the guy from Shawshank Redemption. Tim Robbins? He was actually Eric. Yeah, t- Tim Robbins. Wasn't he Eric? I thought he was Eric. Maybe. He might have been. But yes, it's kind of like one of those things where yes, yes. like the, the, the Vikings saw them all getting attacked by sea serpents and the, the Christian missionary board's like, what's what's this? Why are you all screaming? On? I don't see anything. Yeah, when, when, and, and when they're actually seeing the Norse gods, the Christian guy's like, what are you talking about? I don't see anything. Yeah. 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 It's, and then it's, later it's they got attacked like by something else and the Christian people are like, oh my God. The Vikings are like, what are you running away from? I thought that, <laughs> exactly. I thought that was kind of clever. That is exactly what it is. And, and uh, lo and behold, players hate it. Oh, yeah. They hate it. Yeah. I because they... They, they feel like they can't accurately react to a situation because you're not letting them. I think personally, I'd find it pretty entertaining, but I think I can understand why people would be upset. Like they wouldn't be able to realistically deal with the, Oh no, the vampires are attacking. You're like, what the hell is with this stupid LARP convention in town? With all these losers. Yeah, you know? exactly. Yep. Your, your, your brain will take it down to, to the, to the most common denominator of what you're seeing. Right. Comic-Con is really out of hand this year. We got to stop. Exactly these guys. Right. Is yes, there a exactly furry right. convention around here? No, werewolves. Now, it's a guy in a fursuit. You know. Now, I mean, the only benefit, trying to kill us, we got to shoot him. But you know, the only benefit to going temporarily insane is the very first time you go temporarily insane due to a mythos event, you get plus five percent Cthulhu mythos lore. Oh, good. You start off at zero. You can't start with any. The first time you go temporarily insane. So when when Barbara saw her brother get get bitten by the zombie and she went temporarily insane, she gained five mythos lore. Now that means her maximum sanity went down by five. So instead of ninety nine, her maximum possible sanity is now ninety four. But she, being at fifty, I don't I don't think she's ever going to hit that particular glass. A lot of things like this keep happening to her. No, no, not things like this. Kid. Exactly right. I mean, and she's that's already if she lost survives, 14. of course, the zombie horde coming. Which has not exactly. been established. Yes. Yeah, has not been established that she she's been inspired the zombie horde. But uh, um, so yeah, I mean that that is that is a bonus. You you go, you you, you get mythos lore, and in, in my next installment, I'm going to talk about just that the mythos lore skill. The only the only skill that defy that is the exception to every other rule. It reacts differently than all other skills, because it's something you want, but never want to use. It's something you need, but never want to have. It's very it's very strange. But uh, I'm gonna do that next time. But this is this is sanity in a nutshell. It it gives it gives Cthulhu the amazing role playing flavor that that it has. I mean, it's a, it, it really lets the individual shine. 
You know, if, if you can play this insanity, you're awesome. You know, you wrote uh, the game, the keeper gives you an insanity and you role play it well. You feel like you've done a good job. You know, the, the keeper may even give you extra, extra uh, skill rolls at the end, you know, yeah, like nice. uh, extra bonuses at the end for doing a good job role playing your temporary or indefinite insanity, which, which is something I would do and I recommend all keepers do j- just to, as an added incentive for your investigators to really, really play up their insanities because that is the bread and butter of the game. And there you go. There it is. Uh, there's Insanity, uh, Quick and Dirty, for uh, Call of Cthulhu. That's a really interesting system. It's like the only game I think of off the top of my head, well, that isn't like super niche, that deals a lot with the Sanity stat. Um, right. I have heard of people trying to incorporate that into like Dungeons and & Dragons games and whatnot. Wow. And it's really just kind of a bod just hacked in yeah. to do it like this because yeah, I mean, it's not meant uh, the, the The reason it works in Call of Cthulhu is because you're in a normal world. The world is supposed to be normal. In D&D, you're in a fantasy world. It's not normal. So, so having having a sanity mechanic there almost doesn't make sense because your world normally has dragons in it and magic right. and gods. And, and I've you're... heard people make arguments for use it in a Ravenloft game, but my argument for that is always the whole place is run by a vampire. No one's going to get spooked out by the creepy yeah. mist and the creepy zombies. That's yeah. where they live. Yeah. Plus, plus it has its own mechanic that that deals with the darkness or the right. you know, the, the evil behind Ravenloft that can actually corrupt you. So it has its own you know right. sliding down the the slippery slope mechanic already built into. And the that's Ravenloft more of a corruption system. thing than a loss of sanity yeah. thing. Exactly. Exactly. Right. So, but it's real nice mechanic. The game is in a lot of ways built almost around this idea yes. of your characters. As the more you know, the less tenuous your hold of sanity is right so it uh or the more tenuous i should say so it's Uh, a really good system that way yeah max uh max when he was playing mech warrior online today he actually uh he actually uh made the reference of uh um insanity is to call of cthulhu the same as heat generation is to mech warrior online it's it's required for the game to work yes yes it is yes um Unless, of course, you start adding, like, Phantom Sanity and things like that, you know. That's a Mechware Online dig. Ka-ching. Ka-ching. All right, sorry. That showed them. All right, well, thank you very much, Heathen Dog. That was very insightful. I liked it. Uh, If you want more Heathen Dog, and you should, uh, you can find Heathen Dog on YouTube uh, through Heathen Dog's Heathen Dogma, his animated RPG segments, and through a team-up with some schmuck named Garthon, where they play Star Trek Online. Uh, you can also check his past streams of leveling Buck Fats McCool up through the ranks of Starfleet, much to Starfleet's eternal dismay. Exactly. And, and uh, you also have your weekly streams, which you could tell us about. Yes. Uh, I just finished uh, StarCraft uh, II, Wings of Liberty. I did the, the entire uh, playthrough, which is available on Twitch and is also available on YouTube. And currently I'm doing Darkest Dungeon. And... Uh, um, I got I got a little bit to talk about that in RNG, but uh, I'm having a great time. I had a couple of deaths already, and it's only good, been two episodes. <laughs> but uh, um, I've also had some really some really good really good victories, and I've learned a lot about the game. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I have I have a good time playing it, and it, and it shows. So yeah, let's go ahead and stop by. That, that's at noon Central, 1 p.m. Eastern, uh, Mondays and Thursdays. So check it out there. And as always, if you can't catch it live, you can always catch the replay on the YouTube. That's right. YouTube on Memorex. Does Memorex... No, Memorex doesn't even exist anymore. They got bought out nope. by someone else. They exist in name only. 
and yet their ad campaign lives on. It's true. It's not real. It's, is it real or is it Memorex? That's right. They also had like the, the guy sitting in the chair with like stuff being like blasted. You remember that? Yeah, what what I remember uh, most growing up is the RCA commercial with the little dog and the and the yep his the master's turntable. voice yeah, yeah the master's voice on turntable I really liked that as a kid I thought that was yeah. cute Victor RCA but yeah the the, the Memorex one with with a guy with a tie that's blown back yeah giant speakers in front of him yeah or a yeah, TV or whatever it was all right yeah or something whatever but that worked so ladies and gentlemen let's move on to something else something we call. <laughs> Yes, Garthon's comic pull, where Garthon pulls comics and sings a song about them. All right. I don't know. Reviews them for you. <laughs> I like that. We ought to create, we ought to create a, like a barbershop quartet. Comics. Uh, we need people who can actually sing for that. No, we don't. We got your comic. Oh, okay. Carry on. <laughs> we'll get a Frankie choir to sing it. <laughs> uh, that would okay. be so bad. All right. First up, we're going to talk about a good comic book. Yay! This is the only time during Garthon's comic book we will be talking oh, no. about a good comic book. Oh, no. uh, Infamous Iron Man number 10. Written by Brian Michael Bendis. Uh, pencils by Alex Maleev. Also did the cover. This cover does not appear in the book. It's actually a scene that happened in a previous issue where Doctor Doom, a.k.a. Infamous Iron Man, was beating up a whole like room full of villains. I didn't get that until I looked very carefully at it, and I noticed the stubby little legs at the very top of the image. Yes, I see that. Yeah, what that is, is Modoc. That? That's Modoc. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's flying away. You're like, no, don't hurt me. Not the face. I'm yeah, you can face. actually identify <laughs> the shadows if you look hard at some other villains. But, yeah, he's based, that's what he just owned, like, every supervillain who he could get his hands on. Because he can. Because yeah. he's Doctor Doom. He's Doctor Doom. Yeah. This whole series has been fascinating in that the way it's written is in a lot of ways it's like a psychological dossier on Victor Von Doom. Yeah. He's never written as a hero. No. But he's also never written as the villain. He's not even written as the apologetic, oh I'm so sorry villain. He's someone who hit rock bottom. He had the world at his feet, literally, and gave it gave it up slash lost it all. Because in the end of that series, he could have held on to infinite power, and he decided not to. He actually could have fought back, and he chose not to. Um, it also is doing a great job kind of going into the weird relationship between Reed Richards, Victor Von Doom, and The Thing, well, whose name for some reason just flew out of my head. Ben Grimm. Ben Grimm, right. Um, this issue, at the end of the last issue... He was in S.H.I.E.L.D. custody. He was getting out of there. He was getting attacked by all sorts of bad stuff. And then he got magically poofed away. Poof. He was magically poofed away by his mother, who he believed to be dead. But she wasn't dead. She was in hiding, apparently. Um, her, His mother's return is probably a result of the events at the end of... Was it Secret War? Where Doom had the god powers. But Secret War 2. Yeah, after the re-creation uh, of the Marvel Universe, his mother was put back into it, I think. That's why she hasn't been there. Uh, right. When he asked her where she's been, she said that he, she was like observing, but he wasn't exactly a man she was proud to have as a son. But, hey. ever, but as his actions 
because she always knew he could do better. And now that he's actually been trying to be a hero, she's actually more proud of him. At the same time, while they're going into, there's a lot of back and forth with him and his mother, a lot of talk in this issue, very low on action, which is fine. As long as the talk is interesting and doesn't like stay on one panel over and over again with art you can't stand. Or it's not just a giant mosaic of different pieces of panels that doesn't follow any logical order and the whoa, colors whoa, whoa. don't make getting, sense. I think you're getting ahead of yourself. Maybe. The, 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 hate, the hate is leaking. But the, uh, the side story or the, the B story has to do with S.H.I.E.L.D. telling Thing, Ben Grimm, like, look, Doom is your problem. Find him. Take him out. I don't care what it takes. And Ben's like, I don't really think you know what's going on. And they're like, we don't care. Doom is an issue. At this point, Ben is actually kind of on shaky ground. He's actually talked personally with Victor Von Doom, and Victor Von Doom has apologized to him. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, and that's a big thing. And and he's actually talking about how he actually respected Reed Richards. And, you know, and then after that, Reed Richards showed up and talked to Thing, and turned it's actually evil Reed Richards from the Ultimate Universe. Yes. Um... So Thing is going, just trying to track down Doom, who just poofed away. He's like, well, I'll start at the castle in Latveria, because he always ends up back there. Don't know, not sure if he's looking for something, or something on his mind, or what, but he keeps going back there. And he finds this war orphan, apparently, uh, like going through the rubble of the castle. He's like, hey, kid, you okay? And the kid's like, you're covered in rocks. He's like, yeah, I am. Cool, right? And then oh, he, he immediately says they don't come off. He's like, what? When people usually ask if they come off. It's like, oh, do they hurt? He actually paused and say, no one's ever asked me that before. No, they don't. They don't feel like anything, actually. I can't really feel. And the kid's like, oh, that's really sad. Things are like, eh, it is what it is. And the kid's scrounging through the castle for anything he can sell to like get some money for food. Help sure. people out. Help himself out. It might be a girl. It's kind of hard to tell. And uh, Doom thing says, well, at least you're not under Doom anymore. He's like, we really miss him. He's like, what? Victor Von Doom? We loved him. We miss him. He protected us. This never happened with him. We had jobs. We had food. We know he loved us as his people. We wish he'd come back. And Thing is just kind of no, stunned. That, you know what? That, that has always been true. I mean, I, I haven't really thought about that. But if, if you were a Latverian, I mean, Doom was on your side. Yeah, I mean, he he always made made sure his people came first, and his world con- his world conquering was second. Right, his people were never slaves; they were never prisoners. No, um, no he, they were they were pretty well taken. He care never of. created a socialist utopia or a fascist utopia or a pure capitalist utopia. It, it basically was the system where I'm in charge, I'm the monarch. You guys do whatever you want. You know, there are rules. You will follow Doom's rules. But it was never like you know death camps. You will follow Doom's rules. Yeah. He always seemed to be a very fair and balanced monarch. Ruler, yeah. Yeah. So, and but they, you see thing kind of struggling with this internally of his whole worldview is kind of shaky. Because after Evil Reed Richards talked to him, Evil Reed Richards told him, I need you to kill Dr. Doom. He's evil. He's deceiving the world. I know you can do it. I know this isn't might not sound right, but you have to trust me in this, Ben. We've been best friends forever. You need to kill Dr. Doom. Or besties, and, you gotta do it. Yeah, and later Ben talks to Th- to Johnny Storm and says, Reed, I saw Reed. He's like, he's alive? Like, I guess so, he was there. It was he's living, breathing. He knew stuff only Reed would know. 
and he told me to kill Doom. And they both go, that's not Reed. Reed would never, ever do that. Ever, ever. So they know it's someone who looks like Reed, but ain't their Reed Richards. And I liked how that was actually resolved really quickly. Not like, I don't know. Just instantly, they're his best friends. They've known him forever. They know that's a Reed Richards. I like how they actually really quickly, pff, not him. So I like to appreciate that. That was a couple issues ago. So anyway, Doctor Doom is in the in-between, the tear, they call it. It's not astral space. It's a world between worlds. And Limbo his mother, or something? Huh? Kind of like Limbo, Limbo or something. It's like a space between universes, she calls it. It's not the astral plane. It's not Limbo. It's a safe place that okay. no one else can get to. And they have a nice, they start having conversation about what's going on, why he didn't see her. He's trying to ask, get answers, and she says, I can't answer that, but I can do this. And as they're working through what he thinks he needs to do, because he wants to save the world. Sure. And it's kind of inevitable to save it from what? She's kind of getting at, like, how are you planning to save it? By beating everyone up and putting them in jail? Until it's just minor threat. He's like, yeah, until there's minor threats that the people can take care of themselves. I don't want to rule them, but I take out the major threats because only I'm equipped to do it. And then they can take care of all the minor stuff themselves. Doom don't sweat the small stuff. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. It's like kind (laughs) of heroic. That's actually not too bad an idea, maybe. Um, Also, I like this series completely ignores Secret Empire. Um, (laughs) And rightly so. But at the end of all this happening you see ultimate reed richards the maker show up and say you know he starts saying you know what are you doing i this wasn't part of the plan it's like i she's like oh, i'm sorry I, I got carried away it's my son i just couldn't help trying to help him he's like oh no that won't do it all then you see it's evil reed richards the next scene is of doom like being ejected from the rift or where they're at and smashing into a wall of latveria castle uh, castle doom looking at ben and telling you need to run Get away from here now. Because apparently like a big fight's about to happen. Mm-hmm. And that's where it ends. So I liked it. The art is much like the cover. It's... Alex Belief has this great style that in some comics would totally not work. But he does this excellent use of color and shading to make scenes more impactful. It's really kind of Art Nouveau-ish in a way. It's very arty, artsy. But the character models are clean. They're easy to understand. He actually does this great scene that starts off with uh, the Doctor Doom as a child, Victor Victor Von Doom, finding his mother practicing witchcraft in the forest. And she says, I wanted you to find me. I need your help for this. I need you to kill this, to help me sacrifice this rabbit. He's like, you want me to kill a bunny? Sacrifice, not kill. And he refuses to do it. She's like, oh, I'm so disappointed. And then the next panel is like adult Doctor Doom. And it's like, that's what that child would look like grown up. And he's just does a great job capturing mood and feelings and facial emotions. And everything is always on point. I just, like I said, for some books, this wouldn't work. But for this book, with the almost intense psychological look it takes at Doctor Doom, it really just works so well. It's one of those great books where the artist and the writer and the story just meld so well. Much like how the uh, Power Man and Iron Fist series from a couple years ago melded the uh, a street artist and a, uh, the writer and the story just works so well. This is one of those instances. So just lots of love for this book. Not a lot of action, but a lot of going into what is motivating Doctor Doom right now. Um, 
I will give it a four out of three and a half to four. I'm going to say four to five. Really loved it just because it moved the story along very well. Everything was easy to follow. It dealt with scenes that other artists and writers would have collapsed under the weight of. And this would look cheesy or wouldn't have made any sense. And the Brian Michael Bennett and Alex really pull it off really well. So four to five. Excellent. Love the series. Next. Steve so Rogers. That was the only good one. That was the only good one. Okay. Steve Rogers, Captain America, number 19. Yay. Written by Nick Spencer. Pencils and art by Jesus Says. Also did the cover. Maybe it's Jesus. I'll say Jesus. Whatever. Jesus Saves. All right. Did this book. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of what it's really close to. I just kind of know what it looks like. Yeah. No, no kidding. Um, the art in this book is great. Clean images. Everything transitions well. Easily understandable. Um, great. The character models look like if you had a guy who, you know, was benching four, six hundred pounds, you know, running all these obstacle courses. This is the kind of figure he would have. He wouldn't have some super slim. This he's kind of thick, but he's but he's tough. Mm-hmm. Excellent character model, always on point. Knows how to can go from crowd scenes to buildings to personal shots. Excellent work. Art is fantastic. Jesus says is great. But hey, I said something nice. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the main story of this book is after. The events of Secret Empire Issue 7, which we're about to talk about. At the very end of that book, Sharon Carter is just so sick of Steve Rogers being evil, she tries to shiv him. Gets the shiv into his neck, like, right like at the point of his neck, and just can't kill him because she remembers when he was a good person. And then, of course, she gets thrown into prison. Sure. This issue is a whole bunch of Steve Rogers thinking to himself... About oh, how great fascism is, and how it's great being evil, and how he's trying so hard and the world doesn't understand. And then he talks to Sharon Carter in her cell, and tries to explain to her why it's so great being fascist. And if she would just understand, she's, she's trying to save everyone. And she basically tells him, I know this isn't you, you're sick, something's wrong with you, I don't know what happened, I hope someday you come back to us. You know, but I think he'd be proud of you for what you've done. Well, who are you talking about, Sharon? The Red Skull. That's not fair, Sharon. Really? No, you're doing exactly what he would do. Uh, also, there's a lot of him being really sad and mopey and butthurt about uh, the new Madam Hydra, Eliza, being dead, who is the retcon person who saved his him and his mother from his drunken father and mm-hmm. is like his mentor and essentially his foster mother. And it's just so disgusting. And she died in Secret Number Number 6. Apparently, and it's just I can't feel any sympathy or empathy for any emotional loss from a super evil woman who caused nothing but heartbreak, evil, and pain, dying. And he's like, "Oh, boohoo, my foster mom, boohoo, I love and miss you." No, I don't care. You're an evil sob. You are Hitler, and I don't care. You are the Red Skull, but prettier. Um. Granted. And she even asked she even asked him, Hey, is this the same cell you had Rick Jones in? You know, before he was executed. Mm-hmm. And you know, he ends up getting so butthurt, he turns around, you know, after he's she's like says so he like turns off and looks at her and says, You're right, Sharon, though. That was Rick Jones's cell. And then he walks off. So it's a whole issue with great art, 
of a man trying to justify being a fascist evil dictator and destroying the world. Right. Can't get behind it. Um, Nick Spencer does not do a good enough job making me feel in any way any piece of remorse or sympathy for him. At all. Zero. None. My only sympathy is that Sharon Carter was too weak to shove the shiv in his throat. And Captain America used to be my favorite superhero. That's saying something. Um, I don't understand why this issue exists. Other than they're filling space, I guess. Just god-awful. Um, great art. <laughs> That's the third time you said that. To try, to try and get really something good. good out of this thing. Um, <laughs> the writing is competent but it fails at its given task unless the given task is to well, make you hate Captain America. Yeah. Yeah. But the, the, the thing is the, the task that this writing is for is insurmountable. You know, the, 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 the writing was made to try and get you to sympathize well, with Steve Rogers. Right. I'm trying to sympathize with you. Hitler. Can't. It's not happening. Yeah. Um, you can't. You yeah. Can't you, do it. Uh, this, and this whole plot line story arc, the whole secret empire thing was Nick Spencer's idea from everything we've been told. He plotted, he planned it, he pitched it, he got it approved somehow. Must be a great salesman. No, no, he has pictures. <laughs> Must he have has something. Pictures some kind of some kind of blackmail going on. But yeah, it's awful. And sales figures have, from what I've from what I've read, like the sales figures just keep getting worse and worse because of this. I'm saying because of this, but during this whole Eve Secret Empire thing. Marvel sells for your seat going bing, 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 because no one wants to buy this. If you walk into any comic book store, if you see a that stupid Secret Empire Hydra logo with the shield, you could bet there's going to be a stack of them on the shelf of people not buying. Hmm. And it's because no one wants Yeah, the them. only people who are going to get them are collectors. I mean, that's it. Just it's people not, right not now who just... Read, just uh, if I, like I said, if I wasn't buying them to talk about on the live stream, I wouldn't buy them. Because they're that bad. You know. There are other books that I've cut free that are that were super bad. Like Spider-Woman. You know, I had to cut that loose. I like Spider-Woman until what they did to her. And that's what they're doing to me again with Captain America. So I might... I'm just holding on until it changes. But... I got you. Final analysis. It's not a one out of five book. Because that's... Because art's so good. Yeah, everything yeah. would have to be a disaster for that. I'm going to yeah. give it a two out of five. It's below average. Okay. It's not a one and a half out of five. It's better than that, but it's a two, but it's shaky. Just cannot right. get with it. Now we, now we all want to get to the meat and potatoes. Oh, Come Lord. on. I want, I, I want to see Garthon's ire full blown. <laughs> Secret Empire number seven. See, I decided not last time. I said, I'm not going to talk about this book that I talked about Secret Empire six, but Secret Empire seven <laughs> written by Nick Spencer. Uh, pencils by Andrea Sorrentino. <laughs> now, this is a one, Baldahar. Yes, Baldahar. Spoiler alert, this is a one. Uh, the <laughs> cover is by Mark Brooks. And in my, if you can't say anything nice, don't say anything at all. You'll, you, you wouldn't be able in. to say anything about this book, right? The cover is great. All right. Look at that cover. It's a dramatic shot. You got a sniper rifle. The wind is blowing. Captain America is like fighting Spider-Man and... She, uh, she's aiming at his shield for some reason. But Hot look girl at that. With guns. Yeah, I mean, that's a what, great what, scene. What's wrong with that? Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. 
Yeah. Doesn't happen in the book, does it? Not like that. It kind of okay. happens. But all right, I said something nice about the book. If you don't want to hear negativity, skip 10, 15 minutes ahead because the rest of this is not going to be positive. <sighs> all right. I said Secret Empire number two has some of the worst art I've seen in any book. This is as bad or worse. Um, color selections are all over the place. Nothing ever has a true palette. Um, Mr. Sorrentino, maybe Mrs., I don't know. I'll say Mr. Tries really hard to like be dramatic. It's awful. Everything looks like it's a shadow puppet. It mm. looks like shadow puppets with like red and yellow backgrounds all the time. That's what it is. It's like someone's trying to do a shadow puppet theater, and it's awful. Mm. Um, fight scenes are almost impossible to follow. He tries to do like these dramatic effects where there's like a mosaic tile of a fight scene, and there's like different pieces of things, and you can't tell in what order anything's happening in it and it there's word balloons sticking places and it makes no sense um that happens a lot not the mosaic thing that happens once in one big screen they're trying to make it dramatic and at first glance like oh wow it's kind of cool and then you start looking like this doesn't make any sense like I, it looks cool but i can't follow it you know it's like going to you know a 1970s discotheque with the light up floor while you're having an acid trip that's what it looks like where you interpret the dance moves as a fight scene, and there's just flashing lights and different squares everywhere. That explains actually a lot of this book, if you think of it in that context, and how the art is. But um, in the book, everyone hates each other. No one likes each other. Um, Steve Rogers goes to give a big speech uh, at the Lincoln Memorial. And he, because there's been a lot of setbacks, and after blowing up a big mountain full of superheroes, he has to go and give a speech. The, uh, and of course, he drags his slave girlfriend Sharon Carter behind him, who hates his guts, but he's trying to make her see, no, fascism, good. Yeah, come on, get on board. Why aren't there's you on board with this? <laughs> ah, and so not all, so. Steve, so apparently when he became evil, he also became an idiot. This woman hates me and has the skills to assassinate hundreds of people. I need to drag her along with me everywhere I go until she sees the light. Ugh. Um, at the same time this is going on, Black Widow has dedicated herself that she's going to shoot, get a sniper rifle and shoot him in the head. Yeah, we did, she, she's gone back against you know the Red Room crap. And right, even though she has for years fought against being character. an assassin. Yeah, completely against character. character. Yeah. yeah, she is like, no, Red Room best now. Um, I get it. I'm on board. Uh, meanwhile, I'm gonna, I'm gonna sterilize some girls and teach them how to kill. Yeah, that's. Uh-huh. Meanwhile, Miles Morales, Spider-Man, starts talking to her and says, "Like, hey, in Ulysses, who is the Inhuman from the previous event, we won't talk about, um, had a prediction that he would kill Captain America on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial. He's like, look, it's already been predicted. I'm gonna kill him on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial. This is when it happens. Stay here." I'm already predicted to do it. I'll go do it. She's like, no, you can't. It's like, no, I'll do it. Like, you know what? You're right. I can't fight against that. Everyone's, one of his predictions came true. I can't fight this. But first, can you grab me the radio transceiver from the back? It's like, sure, I'll go in the back. Doopy derp derp. He goes back there and she like locks the panel, like brings up the force protective uh, panels, locks him in there. Whatever. Yeah. Because it's also a uh, prison, they've like hijacked a prison transport thing, like a paddy wagon. 
a shield paddy wagon. So she locks him in and says, look, you're a kid. I can't have you involved in this. Wait, but weren't you just training kids to kill earlier, but now you can't have a kid involved in that? Anyway, um, so then... Shut up, logic. Yeah. Shut up, decent storyline that makes sense and internal consistent logic in a book. You go right to hell. You go right to the Red Room. That <laughs> apparently is good now. I guess if fascism's good, I guess that is too. Anyway. Sure. So she goes to get set up to shoot him in the head when he gives his speech. While Miles Morales is stuck in the thing, he's like, he tries to get out, but he needs to have know the passcode, right? He's like, oh, I don't know the passcode. It could be anything. Oh, my gosh. Then he's like, wait. It's already been predicted in the future that I get at, that I go kill Captain America at this point. So that means I must get out of here. And if that's true, that must mean I already did this and got out of here. So I must not already know the password. So I just can guess at anything and I'll be right. And of course he is. Because, <laughs> you know. Just, just, just for funsies, what was it? They never said. They oh, said, come on. I say, it must be right. And then it next scene is him swinging away from the open truck. Whatever. He is kind of clever. The way he gets out, the way he actually trips it, so it actually lets him try and get out with a password, is he starts a fire. Oh yeah. In, in the yeah, truck. And so it's like, oh, the thing goes on, like, oh, we got an emergency fire. Uh, please initiate an emergency evacuation procedure. It's like, yeah, evacuate. They're like, need the need the code. It's like, oh crap. And that's when you can real quick. Uh, wait. They never say what it is. I'm guessing it's something One, like. One, two, three, four, five. <laughs> that sounds like good. Anyway. Uh, so he gets out. Um, Black Widow is getting in position. Then she starts more. more uh, Spider-Man shows up. It's like, no. He's like, oh, so you've come to fulfill Unity's prophecy? I don't want to, but I have. How do you get there? How do you not get shot on his way there? I don't know. Whatever. So they get in a fight. He ends up shattering his shield. And then he's going to take a piece of it and stab him. And then he decides not to because he's a good person. And then Black Widow is about to shoot him in the head, but she gets shot by a sniper. Wait, 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 wait. Wouldn't all the snipers be trying to shoot Spider-Man at this I don't, point? I, I don't. What, you're, again, logic. I'm sorry. I'm using logic on Secret Empire. How stupid of me. I, right, I'm right. Just I throw that out the window. I completely screwed that one up. All right, sorry. So Black Widow's dead. Uh, I think Spider-Man gets away. I don't remember because at that point my brain was sliding out of my ear. And it my brain had, I had lost five sanity at this point. And so <laughs> my brain was hitting the escape hatch. It was just trying to get out of there. You know, I'm getting PTSD thinking about this book. Um, uh, it's just bad on every level. So he's fine at the end. And it's when he's walking away all ticked off at what's going on, how they ruined his speech, and he can't believe people are trying to stop him. It's when Sharon Carter tries to take a piece of the broken shield and shove it in his throat, and she stops at the last minute, and then she gets thrown in jail. Um, so basically, this issues a whole bunch of people saying, I will assassinate Captain America and not doing it. And then it. fail. Yeah, and then decide not to every time. <laughs> Duncan Idaho says, no, I'm missing Secret Empire talk. Uh, you're probably lucky, actually. But So let's go down the checklist. Art, terrible. All right, one. Writing, Art, terrible. terrible. Storyline, terrible. Setup, right. terrible. Resolution, right. terrible. Right. Uh, One-star book. Good cover. Wow. Uh, one, one, one out of five. 
Uh, Literally my entire hand of bad things. Yeah, it's awful. <laughs> There's no redeeming value in this book. Nothing redeeming happens in this book. It doesn't even effectively move the story along. You can actually, go. Actually, uh, in, in 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 Max Leal's rating system, one half star is the absolute lowest you could possibly give a book, and that is by definition horrible. Should not exist. All right, I'll give it a half star. All right, half star. Boom. One half there star. It it's awful in so many levels, and the English is well written. I mean, spells <laughs> captain properly. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if you want to know what we're talking about, go go to the Legion of Myth team up Star Trek Online. Uh, episode number seventy three is Captain's Holiday. Check it out, the best one ever. Uh, Captain's Holiday from Grammar. Um, so, <laughs> uh, but anyway, when the most redeeming thing I can say is, "Hey, the cover looks cool." You got problems, but the cover does yes. look pretty cool. It does. I mean, chicks with guns. I mean, I'm I'm I'm, a, I'm an old school guy. That 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 does it for me. I'm yeah. Okay with that. Why not? Um, there's a cool fight scene happening. The sniper. Oh, Duncan saw it. Duncan saw it. But are they the Enterprise? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh gosh. Well, you see, Abe Lincoln was in Star Trek Online. Was in Star Trek the original series, and they're at the Lincoln Memorial. Um. Actually, I can say one complaint about the cover. Yeah. That cityscape is nowhere near the Lincoln Memorial. I've been no, there a no, lot. No, no, it's not at all. Yeah, yeah. We, we, we both lived there for a while. Yeah, I actually spent... In, in the D.C. area. Yeah. Well, I, there was actually a time when I was actually... Uh, for six months where my job had me, I had to drive past the Lincoln Memorial every day to go to the hospital I was working at. Okay. And I could get to the top floor of the hospital look down at the Lincoln Memorial. So I got very familiar with that area, and that's mm-hmm. nowhere near there. That looks like New York. That's not DC. Yep. Like a d- dilapidated New York, like a I don't oh, know, post-apocalyptic. Duncan movie. Idaho Levin says maybe she's trying to take this shot from Maryland. Maybe she is. Maybe hey, that's a highly maybe. sophisticated sniper rifle. Yes, smart gun. There you go. Yeah, GPS uh, rockets that fly themselves, I guess. I Who knows? Who knows? I'm not going to judge. And she's kind of aiming the end, down. End, end result anyway. is she failed utterly. And she died. At least it looks like oh, she died. she died? Yeah. It looks like she okay, she didn't die, but it looks like she died. It seems well, pretty she, she clear she die. dies. She she deserves to die. She's an assassin that failed to pull the trigger in time. But like everyone she else died. who has died in this series, it's all going to get magic wanded away. Yep. By the cosmic cube. Wait, let me let me special effect this for you. Magic wand, I'll be gone. <laughs> so, that's what's going to happen. And it's a pointless exercise in futility. Everyone knows what's going to happen at the end of this. Whether it's actually something along the lines of Steve Rogers' personality is currently trapped inside the uh, Cosmic Cube, and when it gets reunited, it asserts itself, and he makes everything right and trips himself back to normal and fixes the world. Or whoever gets a hold of the Cosmic Cube you know, fixes it. Yeah, just rewrites it so the, yeah. so the changes that the Hydra made never happen. That's what's going to happen. Which yeah, is just so aggravating. There's no point to get invested in a story you know is not going to matter at the end. Yep. You know? I got you. Uh, so it's hard to get invested in a story because it's so all over the place, so hard to read, so insulting to anyone who's a fan of any of these characters because no character is a hero in this book. Um, the book actually finishes out with... Uh, 
the heroes who are going to Canada to try and like help people escape evil, corrupt America. Sure. <laughs> Duncan Iho 11 says, I'm going to throw this out here now. I think eight's going to be worse. No, no, I no. I can't mean, they, argue that. They really, really took, took a, a real back page because uh, art wise, number two was the worst. It this was. Is, this is worse. And it took them five more issues to get worse than that. So eight, eight is going to be better than seven. We'll but see. Who, know, who knows about nine or ten? Who knows? Yeah. Who the, knows? But it, the heroes are going to Canada had a Sam Wilson because he was like secretly the people. I was like, we need your help. Cap's like, not Cap anymore. That name's been tainted. I just helping people get out of this place. At the end of at the end of this, it shows him saying, you know what? We need to fight back. And he's in full Captain America gear and he raises his shield to inspire people. All I could think is, so what? Where were you before? <laughs> it's like, oh, yay. Oh, wow. I mean... I'm so glad that now that they got a guy with wings and a round shield, uh, you're totally going to take it. Because hmm. after all, it's not like they just killed all the Avengers, essentially. Uh, oh. It's not like they have Thor on their side. Oh, wait, they do. Oh, wait, he's Odinson. Uh, it's not like Captain America can lift up and use Thor's hammer, even though he's an evil fascist warlord. Hmm. <sighs> Thank you for corrupting original intent, Marvel. Well, he believes he's good, so therefore he is worthy. No, believe you're worthy ain't it. It's if you are worthy by the standards of Odin. He's not. He's a bad person bringing evil. You can't say he's worthy because he thinks he is. No, yeah, no, I mean, no, no, if, no. If, if that were true, Dr. Doom could have picked up Thor's hammer and beat right. everybody with it. If that's true, Dr. Doom and Charles Manson can pick it up. Yeah, yeah, because they both believe that they were doing great things. Right. A five-year-old who, who's going to hold his breath until he passes out because he can't get ice cream could therefore hold Thor's hammer. Yes, because he, he thinks he's righteous in every way. Right. And so that's bull. That is not the original intent of the who's the worthy of the power of Thor. Worthiness is not judged by your internal idea of what that is. Mm-hmm. It's judged by a universal concept of good and evil, or actually Odin's concept of good and evil. Yeah, Odin's concept of good and evil that he that – he... Uh, writ upon the hammer itself right so so unless odin was like you know what i really miss them nazis which i doubt happened well i don't know yeah. odin did like the tall blonde hair blue eyed people anyway yeah but uh, but they were abundant where, where where he paid most of his attention to so yeah he didn't know, he wasn't too down with the hun anyway um yeah. but anyway so that's bull that catcher could pick up thor's hammer and odin and thor odinson can't that's just Again, more bad writing, more yep. bad concepts. Yep. And anyone who tries to justify it with, but he thinks he's worthy. No, no, that's not how that works. You know, it I, works with Dagger, but not with Thor's hammer. I think I'm an ace fighter pilot. That doesn't mean they're going to let me jump in an F-22 and take it to the commies. Okay. You know, Ugh. Iron Eagle ruined my whole concept of the military. Like. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> that, was, that was so ridiculous. Absolutely oh ridiculous concept. Ridiculous execution. It's crazy. I still uh, loved it. <laughs> yeah, as a kid, I loved that film. As a kid, you just had to love it because it was balls to the wall, just hormones. And, well, and do you want to hear something funny? Long... Well, we're kind of in RNG right now. But the, yes, uh, throw it up. Throw it up. Uh, uh, but he fought more Garthon. Uh, check us out on YouTube at Garthon's Comic Poll. Sometimes put that there. And my team-ups with Heathen Dog, where yeah. you can watch us play Star Trek Online and talk and rise up the good and 
shine spotlights upon the bad. That's right. Laughable, mocking spotlights. If you like, <laughs> I've heard it described. Our our team ups described as MST3K meets the Foundry, and that's kind of what we're doing. We don't mean yeah. it to be that way. It's just yeah. kind of what happens because we like to make each other laugh. Um, also, yeah, we, 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 we like to we like to make each other. And then the the best laugh I ever got out of out of Garthon was was when, when I did the the. Uh, the, the, the French Transylvanian vampire of Boss Cat. Yeah, that was pretty good. Yeah, it, it was the only time where I got him to break down completely. <laughs> it was great. Yeah, it was great. But the uh, if you want to see more of me, I do stream every Sunday at 9 p.m. Central, 10 Eastern, uh, Final Fantasy 14 for about two hours. <laughs> and you can watch uh, Garthon take a cat girl through the new expansion of Final Fantasy 14. I'm level 61. Yeah. That's not that important. What, what, what's the new max? 70. Got a ways to go. It takes a while to level those 10 levels, but um, I'm about to enter my first Stormblood dungeon. So that'll happen tomorrow. Excellent. Yes. But now, let's go to the RNG. We're talking about random things. Uh, Going to the Iron Eagle thing. Uh, My father was in the Air Force. And sometimes he'd end up taking us to work. It didn't happen very often. But my father worked with all the pilots. And when we were at one of the bases, I don't know how long the statute of limitations lasts on this, but he didn't want to deal with us all the time. He had work to do. I don't know how he never takes to work a few times, but all like the, he would do stuff like he would talk to the other guys and they would put us in the flat spin simulator. So, which was uh, like a pilot compartment. It would open up the cockpit. We'd get in it and it was mainly automated. So they could leave us there for like 30 minutes and it would actually take you through like flying a plane through a few things. And so I learned how to fly a plane. <laughs> not saying very well. I was a kid. No, no, no. Uh, but I knew what the pedals and everything no, did. No. I could just throw. And then it would take you into a flat spin. This cockpit was on like a big pillar with a motor that would go whoop, 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 and start spinning you around. So you're like, so you're trying to like, meanwhile there's red lights going on. It's like, pull out, pull out, pull out. And you're like, ah! <laughs> but they would actually put me and my brothers in this, you know, to keep us busy for 30 minutes. Yeah, okay. yeah. There's actually a couple of simulators I went through as a kid, which I don't know the legality of putting kids in this thing, but probably like, not. Probably not at all. We're not going to tell the commies. It was the '80s. Um, but the, um, so when I saw Iron Eagle, I was like, "Hey, I'm on path for doing that. I'm already in the simulators." Yeah, they weren't fighter pilot planes though. They were. It was a bomber base. So but that's how it was. And Duncan Ice would mean to ask Johnny Snow if he could bring Boss Cat into the next SSF. <laughs> and Heathen Dog says Boss Cat should be in every Foundry mission. <laughs> I would like to see Boss Cat around more. He was actually... I well, really would. He was But cool. he dies yeah. at the end. There's Apparently there's no way not to have oh, him die. Actually, no. No, 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 no. Uh, I, I, I rewatched that. He didn't die. His body wasn't on the ground. The The body of the guy he was selling our, our stolen goods to was on the ground. Ah, Boss Cat Boss made Cat it out. Was, was mysteriously gone. His girlfriend was fine, too. She was out in the pool the whole time. Yeah, she was in the pool freaking out, but she yeah. was fine. Yeah. That would be interesting to see Boss Cat again. Yes. Boss Cat with a vengeance. <laughs> Boss Cat 2, maximum catitude. There you go. Uh. But, okay, now it's my turn. Uh, I, I'm going to talk about uh, um, the Darkest Dungeon. And, uh, Please do. The, what, okay, what, what I'm going to talk about is uh, I, I, I have played all of the different character classes. And I, I wanted to get a feel for them to see how I could use them, my A team and my B team. 
All right, my, my a, a team obviously my, is, is my main team, which I want to build up. My B team is mostly the money grubbing people. You know, if you die or go insane, I don't care. I just boot you and I, and I, I recruit new, new, new uh, fresh meat from the, from the caravan and throw you in there. You are there to support the A team, you know, with, with monetarily or, or uh, while, while they're getting treatment for afflictions, you will do their work, you know, stuff like that. And I've found that almost every sing every single class has a use, has a place, has has a place where they fit very well. Except the leper. You have a leper on your team? There is a leper class. It's a class. It's a class. You you it's a it's a you know, they have the crusader, they have the occultist, they have the vestal, they have man at arms, and then leper. All, All right. right. All right, now the leper at first blush seems pretty good, but when you actually look into the mechanics of the game, he sucks, just flat out sucks. The only way to fix him is to not use it. Really, it. I'll 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 break it down for you. the The way the game works is uh, you 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 face uh, you are a group of four people. All right, and and your 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 position in the lineup in the dungeon affects what powers you can use. I mean, uh, uh, if if you're num number one in the lineup, you know you're you're going to get hit most often, but you also you know you you also uh, have have the most attack options most likely. Where if you're number four in the lineup, you're you're going to get probably least often, but you you don't have the most attack options, but you have the most maybe debuff options, stuff like that. All right, now the the leper is only effective in the first or second position, all right? And they can only attack the first or second position in, in the opposing forces, all right, okay. in, in the actual mobs. Now, the way the game is built, the most dangerous mobs are in position three and four. The least dangerous, the, the trash mobs, are in one and two. These are the ones you keep alive as long as possible so you can heal your party after a difficult battle, killing mobs in position three and four. The, the leper literally has no ability to attack anything outside of position one and two in the enemy, in the enemy lineup. None. Zero. Are they effective no. maybe killing one and two real fast so then they could kill three and four real fast? No. And, and that there, there's the rub. Their accuracy is the worst in the game. Well, they have pieces they falling off them, you know. They can't hit for crap. They do the greatest damage in the game. They're the highest damage player character in the game, but the least accurate. So you can put up big numbers, huge numbers, sometimes, when you hit, which is not a lot. Do they, like, Pokevolve into something useful? No, they don't. They don't. So they're the Magic Harp of uh, Darkest Dungeon? Magic Carp. Oh wait, Magic Carp evolves to something useful. Oh, okay, no, yeah, the Magic Carp does not. They, they, they are not that. Uh, the, it's it's awful. It's crap. And I, I I looked on 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 YouTube because I was I was thinking that these guys are crap and not useful for anything. And I was like, no, there has to be some redeeming value. There has to be something that the leper can do that I'm missing. So I, I scoured YouTube. To, to look for you know leper darkest dungeon leper darkest dungeon leper good darkest dungeon leper usefulness 
uh, everyone seems to agree the leper sucks balls. I mean, it's just awful. The leper is useless in all situations. The only way to reliably fix the leper is not to use him. Literally any <laughs> other character will take that spot and do better. All right. So, so I learned that. It's kind of a shame, really. Yeah. Yeah. It is what it is. Well, that's uh, interesting to know. So t- tell but us about But why your... would you put something so useless in the game? I, I don't I, I think I don't, it's a trap. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's a trap. It's it's a trap for people who like to see big numbers pop up. Maybe. You know? Or maybe something like someone lost a bet, so they put lepers in the game or something. There you go. There you go. They, all, all of their skills, all of their camping skills are not useless, but other people do them better all the time. So why? I mean, it's worthless. Ugh. Do they have to wear like a long red hat? No, no. They have to wear a mask and a hood. Do they have a bell? Lepers no. have a bell. Yeah, but th- these guys don't because they have to go to battle sometimes in the dark and they don't want the bad guy to know exactly where they are. So I get it. Fair get enough. It. They, Fair enough. Yeah, they, 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 they get a reprieve, a reprieve from the bell rule. I get it. Well, the bell is just one of the people like, look out, leper. Yeah. yeah don't don't, yeah. But don't get leprosy. Everyone around here knows he's a leper, so we don't want to tell the bad guy. That. Fair enough. Well, that's all, all right, I have, RNG, really. Really? Okay, well, I, I got one more. <laughs> I could make this up one. something. Wait, wait, I got something. Um, no, good. Okay. Oh, no. I got one more. Uh, Hulu uh, pushes rec- recommended stuff on me all the time. And uh, be- because of, of my viewing pattern, it recommended a series called Stitchers. I don't know if you're familiar with it. Stitchers? Yes. Is that about a bunch of field medics? Negative. Okay, you're not familiar with it. You could you have just said no. Okay. Now... Uh, the whole premise of, of this thing is that uh, they have a device that can hook a living human brain to a dead human brain, and the living person can experience the dead human's memories as their body is fresh and the brain is undamaged. They can use to investigate murders and unsolved yes. mysteries. Yes, and that is the premise of the series. Now, the premise sounds okay. Little, little far-fetched, a little, little schlocky, but, but okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, little, little bit, but yeah, it's it's more or less solid. Fine, whatever. If I want to see disembodied brains, they better be discussing how many quatlus something is. Well, no, it's not disembodied brains. It's it's a brain on a cadaver. I mean, they actually hook up the cadaver right. to the person. Yeah, you know, so whatever. But uh, it if they 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 reeled me in by by uh, having people who in, in the cast who were in series that I liked. Like uh, there was the girl from Warehouse 13, the, the, the hacker girl from Warehouse 13. All right. She, she's in there. And the, uh, um, the love interest in, uh, in Eureka, the, uh, the African-American woman. I forget her name. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she, she, she is, she's in it. So it hooked me that way. Okay, I'll, I'll watch. And then after three episodes, I realized I shouldn't be watching this because not only is it written poorly, no one on the cast can be considered a legitimate actor. Now, before you say no, they're a legitimate actor if they're getting paid for playing a role. Yes, that would be an assessment. Half of me wants to say true. 
The other half of me is false liar because an actor has to act like somebody else. For so you're money. they're acting like themselves? Yes. Uh, the, the, the problem with the girl from Warehouse 13 and the, the woman from Eureka is that apparently they can't act. They only play themselves. Are they playing the same characters they played before then? Yes. They're playing the same people they played in their original original series runs. Well, now, De Niro's that, been playing the same character for 20 years. Exactly. It's not, it's not a bad thing. You can make money doing it, but I can't say you're an actor. All right. You know, uh, uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman was an actor. Uh, uh, Robert Downey Jr. is an actor. He plays roles that aren't him, that are so far from him, sometimes you forget he's there. I don't know. It kind of seems he's become Tony Stark anytime you see okay, him in an interview yes, nowadays. Yes, yes. <laughs> yes, he didn't it, used it, it to be like true, that. But, no, no, no. Uh, Charlie Chaplin, uh, when, 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 when he, when, uh, in the movie Chaplin. Oh, yeah, he, uh, he was, was fantastic. He was, he, was, he was immersed in someone else. Well, uh, even Tropic in Tropic Thunder, Thunder, you know. Yes, yes, exactly. I said Tropic Thunder. I mean, he was, he is an actor. You know, Philip Seymour Hoffman, it was, sorry, sorry, he's dead, but was an actor. I mean, he would play a different people. Oh, yeah, you can even tell roles. it was him sometimes. Exactly right. I mean, uh, Heath Ledger as the Joker, completely different than any other any other job he ever yeah, had. He, he still did really well as that, too. Yes, they are actors. Uh, uh, D- David Boreanaz, uh, I think I think that's how you pronounce his name from uh, Bones Angel? and Angel, Angel Fame, not an actor. He plays himself. It's Kinda just that the same it, character and everything. It's the same character and everything. It's just that it's it usually fits in what he gets cast for, so it works great. You know that that's that that that's great. You can make money doing it, but they're not actors. So everyone on this cast is not an actor. They're playing themselves with different lines. That was problem number one. Problem number two is the writers suck. I mean, interpersonal relationships, they're trying to write it. It's like they're they're in junior high and they're like beating their genitals against each other, thinking like this will work. And it's stupid. I mean, all all of the all of the romantic situations that they that they try to to write about end up being sophomoric and stupid. Yeah. It's awful. And it, uh, all of the all of the action and the uh, the uh, uh, tenseness of a, of a situation is deflated because the because the writing is so bad. So and you're I can't not trust recommending it. No, I can't recommend you watching it. I and after the first three episodes, I'm like, why am I watching this? And I'm like, I'm watching this for the RNG. That's what I did. Still sounds better than Secret Empire. It probably no. You know what? It pro- it is better than Secret Empire. I, 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 I will give you that. The reason being is because the lead on this one is a tall, leggy blonde. Oh yeah, I got to go for that. Oh, Steve so, Rogers you know, is a tall, leggy blonde. Yeah, but this is a tall, leggy blonde girl, and Who's this actually is a real. sci-fi show, so there's more guys. So yeah, there you go with that. But uh, yeah, I mean, uh, that's it. I mean. Uh, it's it, it's not a good show. Don't watch it. it warn your friends. Uh, Hulu, yeah. Warn your friends. Hulu says it's good. It's not. I don't know how. I don't know how it got three seasons on Hulu. I mean, is it still going on? I hope not, but I think it is. It's, hey, it's Iron Fist got a second fall. season on Netflix. Okay, Iron Fist wasn't bad. People had expectations that were unrealistic. Yeah, they actually wanted something good. No, it, I, they wanted I a good martial good. arts film. Stop it! Stop it. It, it! it was it was true to the source material. I like that. Wait, what? When? 
Tell me when. When? 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 Because I don't remember. I don't remember that part. When? What part was when, that? When they kept the white guy. Okay. So what? And they got the names right too. Yes, they That's did. That's it. I like it that they kept the white guy. I like it. That's not enough. Okay, now. That's like saying, well, they did manage to pull the lens caps off. I appreciate okay, that in a stop film. It. Stop it. No, I'm serious. You really, you really didn't like it? No, I didn't like it. I didn't hate it. But it was like, it was like a rerun of Seinfeld. It was like, I don't need to watch this. I kind of know how it's going to go. And it's not really that interesting. That's what it was like. Except the rerun of Seinfeld is actually funny on purpose. Sometimes. I liked the the uh, fact that uh, that he hadn't mastered the whole Iron Fist of, you know. When? He never showed he was a competent martial artist. I like if that. If I'm he... seeing the world's greatest martial artist, which Iron Fist is supposed to be, I want to see the world's greatest martial arts. I did not get that. Okay, yeah. To do that, you have to have the world's greatest martial artist. No, you don't. You just have to have a competent martial artist. And you got to have some good wire work. And you need a good fight choreographer. And they didn't have these things. Okay, this was a Netflix series. It wasn't a movie. I mean, if you want a Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, then you should have a budget of Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. I'm not saying that. You There are plenty. Uh, what's the, there, there are other series that have much more competent martial arts on them. Uh, was it Wasteland or something? Or what was the name of that? Anyway, it, no, not Westworld. <laughs> Westworld's better too. I was kidding. Yeah, but was kidding. Uh, it's plenty possible to have excellent wushu martial arts, and they did not deliver that at all. The guy looked like he was okay at martial arts. He's supposed to be the best in the world, and he looked okay. And that is the fault of the actor, the director, and the fight choreographer. It's not all on the actors. So I'm not blaming just him. It is a complete failure of everyone involved in the production. Because mm. you could go and you could find better martial arts on other TV series. There were better martial arts in Kung Fu with really? Kwai Chang Kang. Really? Yes, really. Wow. I didn't, I, I didn't get that. And the, the, the original. The original yes, the series. original. Wow, yes. I didn't. Wow. Okay. No, hang on. Hang on. I gotta go vomit. Hang on. You're vomiting, baby. Anyway, but the. Uh, All right, I'm back. Step away from okay. that. Star Trek Discovery. Oh, oh, plagued with problems. Just it, no well, hope for that's that. That's not where I'm going. Oh wow, really? Release okay. date is sep. They actually released a hard release date of September twenty fourth, twenty seventeen. Are you going to watch it? I have to. I have to. Yeah, that's kind of what to. I feel. Yeah, I have to watch it. I'm I have to. Very... I have. I have no expectation for it. None. I expect it to be horrible. I expect it to be a lot of flash and little substance. I expect it to be not even a lot of flash. I expect it to suck real bad. I expect, I expect it, it to. Suck to I expect it to be J.J. Abrams versus the TV series. <laughs> I, I, I hope they don't do the lens flare. I really oh, I'm do. I'm betting this happens. It's going to be yeah, trek lens flare, flare city. Yeah, yeah. I hope it's not, but that's what I'm looking for. It yeah, it is. It's going to be lens flare. So I'm hoping it's excellent. I really wish they'd gone the anthology route, like they would do like a 
big block of episodes, kind of like what Netflix and stuff has been doing with all their series. You know, do a big right. block, but they're not. They're going standard stuff. So I'm going to watch it. Hope it's good. But I got to watch it. And we'll talk about it then. I just wanted, wanted to mention that. Duncan Ivo says uh, yeah, he will be watching the new Star Trek series, but he's not sure about the character dynamics, but he's interested. That's kind of how I feel. None of the ads have made me think this looks like a great Star no. Trek series. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the idea of concentrating on the junior staff. I'm okay with that. It's neat. I, I like that. I mean, they, they actually did that in next generation. And yeah, there are a couple, Vo- there are a couple episodes. Yeah. Like below yeah, there are a couple episodes like where they actually did that. Right. I mean, in, uh, in, in Voyager, I think it was like a uh, shepherd or lost something, Land or something like, like that. that. And in in the, the the next generation, I forget the episode name, but uh, it was it was it was during a performance review season yeah. or whatever. And yeah. yeah, I mean, I I like those episodes. Right. But having a whole series about the junior officers, I think, is a little too brave. Well, also you got stuff going on in that she Spock's half or adopted sister that he never yeah. mentioned ever. Ever ever. That ever? was never brought up ever in anything. Ever. ever. Apparently, ever. Sark just liked adopting human kids from everywhere. Yeah, just like, sleeping you know, around. Like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be, you're, you're going to be Oliver Twist, and I'm going to adopt you and turn you into a thief. Or he just, you know, was really bad at scheduling, right? And he didn't realize he'd be, you know, on Earth or something every seven years. Like, oh, dang, I'm on Earth again. Ah, oh, Pond Far. Well, like, oh, to... well, I guess, I guess uh, Lucy here will have to do. Yeah, and you then, know, time to go to ye old Earth a, problem. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so <sighs> it's ridiculous. They didn't need to do that. No, that was dumb. Right, and I, I I don't see that as like a tribute. I see it more as like a quick and easy. Oh look, you should care. Why not have you one of Kirk's kids? I'm sure Kirk has a bunch of. Well, yeah, oh yeah, he was he was prolific. This is pre Kirk. This is he's got green kids, purple kids, blue kids. I mean, he's got kids everywhere. I mean, but this come is on. in and out of uh. Wait, this is before Toss, though. This is, like, between Empire, uh, sorry, Enterprise and Toss. Uh, Duck Knight says, Spock's siblings tend to drift in and out of focus, like Final Frontier. He could have been just adopted by other Vulcans. Yeah, yeah, the, the kid could have been adopted by other Vulcans. There's more than one Vulcan and his human wife out there. Right. So that's kind of insulting, honestly. Uh, but that's what they're doing. Yep. It looks like it could be great or it could be terrible there are so many ways it can be terrible and so little ways it can be great but then the again, a lot stacked. of this reminds you of some of the talk that was happening before the next generation came out and people are like they're having a british guy command the enterprise he's bald this is gonna suck you know the first season did suck the first i don't know season how it did kind of suck it really i don't did. know how it got a second but after it did i was like wow thank god well it got a it got second better. season because people were so desperate for a star trek series there was no star trek you know, except for the occasional movie with some people getting older and older. So that's how that happened. You know, people were desperate for a Star Trek series, and so they were yeah. willing to forgive a lot. Yeah. I encounter yeah, Farpoint. Because it, you know, it turned into a good series. Yeah, Encounter Farpoint is one of the worst. Yes. Episodes no of the whole series. Yes. Yes. Uh, Doug says, makes the universe a little too small. Like, he's on a small cast. We're kind of, we're doomed at Wonky. Yeah. No, Dune, no, stop. Dune, well, Dune was Wonky from a lot. Yeah, yeah. The, the Dune went off the rails after the first book because everyone knew what everyone else was thinking and 
and uh, there, well, there, there was way too much right. going on behind the scenes. And it was like, oh, no, I know he's doing this, but I know he, I, I, but he knows I know I'm doing this, but I know he knows that I know that he knows. Well, like, come on. Well, to me, it's like where Star Trek, I start where Star Wars went wonky. Everything is the fault of the Skywalkers. Everything in the universe is the Skywalkers. Everything in the universe is caused by um, evil space Jesus, um, born of the Virgin Mother and midichlorians, and his weird space Jesus kids. The whole universe, it's all Skywalkers. And it's really annoying. Mm. I just, everything links to these guys. Like, why? 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 Because they're space Jesus. That's yeah, why. Yeah, apparently so. Well, so is Cisco. Cisco is also space Jesus. Oh. That so. is true. That is true. And but he was, he was a better space Jesus because he didn't want to be space Jesus. Like, oh, it was terrible. My father no. was a prophet oh. or oh. something. Oh, oh, no, 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 no. That dude, What? what is his name? Which what is dude? the name of the actor who, who played Benjamin Cisco? Avery Brooks? He is an actor. Oh, he's a great actor because he is he nuts. He is an excellent actor. Excellent actor. Because in real life, he is bat crap crazy. He is crap house rat crazy. In real life, he's nuts. You would not want to be in a room with this guy. From what we've seen. He is we don't know. crazy. But he can act like anything. Amazing. Also, um, the, the, the woman who played Scully in... Uh, in uh, uh, X-Files. Oh, yeah, yeah. In, uh, I try to remember her name. But yeah, she's not bright. No, she is stupid. Absolutely stupid. And I don't I don't care if she, if she actually, for some reason, sees this. You're dumb. But you're an excellent actress. You can play someone who's Where's smart. Where's that disclaimer believably. slide? It's there. But you, you can act. And that is why you are allowed to exist. Oh, because you can act. Everything else about you, I've, 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 I've heard you speak in real life, and you're awful person. You're awful. You should not be allowed to exist in with, with normal folk. You're basically stealing good people's air. But you can act really well. The Keep opinions doing that. expressed by the individual are commenters are not necessarily the opinions of... <laughs> anyway, <laughs> uh, but I think that's enough for that horse. Uh, I think yep. it's not moving anymore. Good job with that beating. Um, Thank you. You're welcome. So, we are fearfully looking forward to Star Trek Discovery yes. as if it were some sort of comet which may bring weal or woe from the heavens. Mm. Uh, but with that, my friends, if you liked this, you can subscribe, you can comment, check us out on Twitch, YouTube, Reddit, Facebook, the Twitters. We like the Twitters. We tweet all the time. Not all the time, mm -hmm. but sometimes. Uh, sure. Discord. You can message us there. We're on there. And on Facebook Messenger. Audio version is available through SoundCloud, iTunes, or Google Play Music. If you're checking it through iTunes, go ahead and leave us a review. A five-star review would be best, you know, of course. Other than that, keep your opinion to yourself. Um, every review helps us out. Yeah, as always, if you want to support us, we like support. Uh, check us out through a Twitch streaming subscription through Patreon at patreon.com slash legionofmyth, streamlabs.com slash legionofmyth, PayPal direct donations through paypal.me slash legionofmyth, or you can get our gear and rep Legion of Myth. We would rep you. Come on, kids. At shop.spreadshirt.com slash legionofmyth. Good stuff. 
Our special thank you to our top subscribers from Twitch to Hicks206, Patreon Hicks206, and Elgarian. Uh, Streamlabs, Baldahar, Miss McCool's Harris, Magical Catgirl, Fanboy, Special Fire, Level 99, Catgirl, Armor Lover, and Heathen Dog. Most of those are all the same person. And Stop it. Your PayPal, Alan51. So, do you have any special final words of wisdom, Heathen Dog? <sighs> no, I'm spent. I mean, I, I really did everything in the RNG. I got nothing left. <laughs> <laughs> it's good stuff. That was good stuff. But we, uh, I think we brought it home. We let everyone know what was going on. We got real, yo. We got real tonight. Yes, we did. Yes, we did. Uh, and as always, don't read Secret Empire. No, don't do that. <laughs> Sorry. I wouldn't buy it if it wasn't for this, I swear. But, um, so everyone, thank you very much. Remember, you have one life. Live it well. Live it nerdy. Have a great Darren Lenomaly.